Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. You got it, dude. And we are here with this week's I'll call it weeks, but we've been gone for like three weeks. Episode of Bright Side of the Suns for the fans by the fans podcast. Paul, can you stop making so much noise over there? Sorry, I didn't feel like I was doing anything. Sit still for like three seconds of your life. No. Okay. Um, in case you haven't been able to tell yet, we are recording remotely. Paul and I are not in the same location tonight. He is in the home of the Orlando Magic, also known as, well, Orlando, Florida. Um, and he's gracious enough to still join us. And even more gracious than Paul joining us is our guest that we have on the pod this week, Raph. Raph? Raph? I said it right. Uh, who uh, you may know, perhaps as a contributor to the Bench Mob NBA podcast. And uh, he's here all the way from Australia just to join us. That's right. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> Might be a bit of a lie. Um, Raf was in town. He's been uh, traversing the United States for the past two and a half weeks. Uh, we met up with him the other night at uh, the Brews and Hoops Mixer that the guys over at... Uh, Paul, help me out here. The solar panel. Thank you. Solar panel put on. Tim and Espo. Great time the and other Dave. night. And Dave. And Dave. Sorry, Dave. Shoot, my bad. <laughs> yeah, just leave out our boss. Dave. Dave's also like, he, he tends to miss a lot of them, so <laughs> am I really wrong by not including him? I should stop already, right? I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Um, so we, we met up with Raph the other night. He's in town for one more evening, so we figured, hey, you know what? Even though Paul's not here... We'll hop on board here, and we will record a quick pod. and uh, Make it the, work. Make it work, and at the very least, you get to hear the soothing sounds of an Australian accent for the next 25 minutes or so. I hope I don't fall asleep over here. I hope you don't either. <laughs> um, before we Because you can't slap me awake. That's true, I can't. Before <laughs> we get into it, a uh, quick reminder, Brightside Night coming up January 14th against the Pacers. We've plugged it repeatedly already, so donate buy tickets do something it's cheap it's a good cause not much more needs to be said about it right exactly we did it you can too indeed 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 so all right well since we have a guest i figured perhaps not to put him on the spot right off the bat but uh he can share with us some of the trials and tribulations he's had since he's been in the states he went to a couple suns games attempted to go see the naz suns um, and failed. Yep, failed miserably. Yep. I wasn't going to say miserably, but you did, so I'll go ahead and go with that. But, Raf, how's the trip been? Any thoughts, comments, insight into uh, everyone's favorite NBA team, the Phoenix Suns, and everyone's favorite uh, 
G League, not D League anymore, G League team, the Naz Suns, or at least, you know, your attempt to go see them? <laughs> so, um, uh, first of all, this is my second time in, um, in Phoenix, um, and this time, uh, it's I, I'm spending a few more days and got to go down and explore a little bit. It's it's great here. The weather's awesome. Um, uh, it's always fun to, to head out to a uh, talking. Although it wasn't called Talking Stick last time I came, I think it was still U.S. Uh, U.S. Airways, U.S. Airways, formerly known as America West Arena. America West. America West. Yeah. Because yes, America yeah. West Arena. America West. So um, yeah. So uh, it's it's always fun heading out there and um, and uh, getting to go see the Suns live. Um. But I'll, I will touch on the on the so you say NA I call it Northern Arizona like NAZ NAZ. Can we go back the, to the whole like Australian thing about wasting breath and syllables by not just making it easier? Like okay. we're sitting here, we're we're recording in in Raf's uh, hotel room, and he goes, "Oh, I'll turn down the aircon," and I'm like, "You mean the AC?" Aircon. He's like, "Well, we call it aircon." So apparently in Australia they make things everything a little bit more difficult in terms of. Expressing metric system. (laughs) Well, that's just that's that's a whole different beast right there. That's that's the rest of the world versus us. That's America making things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Complicated. But but, uh, your your abbreviations are not as abbreviated as us Americans would like them to be, apparently. But at any rate, I digress. Go on. I won't. I won't try and point them out. They will probably just come out naturally. So um, (laughs) and I'll point them out. You just point at me. Believe you me. (laughs) So um. So yeah, so so yesterday was pretty pretty. Uh, it was a pretty good opportunity. Went to the Suns game on uh, Saturday night. Had Sunday free, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to drive up north. I've rented a car here in Phoenix. So I'm going to drive up north and check out the check out the rest of the state because it's a pretty pretty beautiful country. It's beautiful. And um, so anyway, so um, just worked out that the the NAZ Suns were playing up in Prescott. Well done. Not Thanks. Prescott. Prescott. If, you're, if you ever say that in Prescott, you might get punched. Okay. So uh, so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go, I'm going to head up to Sedona, which is not nearby, but close enough by if I'm already driving an hour and a half, two hours. So I went up there and, and checked out a, um, uh, a national park, and it was really, really beautiful. And, and I left... Before I left, I checked my phone, had, had the Google Maps up, saw, saw my route, saw which way to go. And uh, I was I was on my way. So anyway, I left the um, I left the national park, and didn't have any phone reception, and sort of just Google Maps still had my path mapped out. Told me I had an hour and a half to go, and I thought, all right, let's just do it. The signs should be detailed enough. You would think. I don't know where I am. Um, I have a fair idea where I'm going. So um, so I just went with it. So I went driving along, and and. Um, and uh, I think, I think uh, just a side note, so when I met Justin the other night, I was talking about um, the differences of driving in Arizona to driving in Australia. And I'm not going to go into detail about them, but I feel like now I'm a native Arizonian because I was um, definitely keeping up with the rest of everyone else on the road. Speed limits are a mere suggestion. <laughs> I didn't say what I was if doing. If you're not going over nine over, you're not driving, not driving fast enough. So um so I'm heading down the the highway and uh, ended up in a lovely little town just saying before a lovely little town called Jerome I Jerome. think Jerome um, which I really wish I could have stopped off that was that looked that looked awesome um, and yeah just the views and everything so I'm driving driving up through Jerome and then I think if I got this right it goes like back down the other side of a mountain um, to go from Jerome I think heading towards Prescott and. I had about an hour and a half to play with by the time leaving the park to get to the game. So I thought, this is plenty of time. Even I can't mess this up. 
so I'm driving along and just kept driving and then then it and then it was it got an hour and a half and I'm starting to get worried I'm like I don't want to miss the game like this is this is this is my one chance to see the the Suns the, the you know the G League Suns play so driving along and then I kept going and then I come down the other side of a mountain through a forest and I ended up in some place called People's Valley and I stopped off at a service station and asked the, the lady behind the counter, like, where whereabouts is Preskin? She's like, oh, it's 45 minutes back up the mountain. At this point, it was already like quarter past three. I, 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 I just, I'd given up hope. I'd been driving for, I don't know, it felt like three hours at that point. <laughs> I, had to, I had to take a breath to stop and... Uh, yeah, so um, I feel like you know you got the you got you got to take in Northern Arizona, which is beautiful. And I like to point out one thing: you can tell this is a true Suns fan here because he said, "I didn't want to miss my one opportunity to see the G League Suns play." <laughs> He's doing better than us, man. I that's that's devotion right there. And they they I mean they don't even you know they don't even have you know Derek Jones Jr. anymore. Not that you know he was on the main roster, but. Still, he's no longer. They may get him again. They Alec Burks though, who apparently has been. Uh, yeah, um, there's also a little side story there. Um, Cody Toppett, the new coach of the uh-huh. Northern Arizona Suns, he actually has a show on our Benchmob uh, podcast called Top of the Key. Um, so there was also another incentive to to uh, get out to um, get out to Prescott and uh, and check it out. So uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the game. Um, uh, and and they're playing the Westminster. Is it Westminster Knicks? think is the name and if from memory Westchester Westchester Westminster sounds a little too far east yeah that might be wrong, <laughs> yeah, wrong yeah across the pond yeah sorry sorry uh, sorry <laughs> sorry G League <laughs> so um so that would have been fun so um anyway unfortunately I missed the game I was very upset and I got back to my hotel and um decided that the hotel bar was the best place for me to um <laughs> unwind it seems like a good way to 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 uh, make yourself feel a little better about driving for you know five hours in a day without any uh net results coming to you in the end well i did get at least it wasn't through kansas that's why, why you might have why, killed yourself why do you have to rip on kansas dude jeez <laughs> because i've driven through kansas it just seems like an unnecessary pot shot i love kansas kansas is a beautiful beautiful area of the world of the country god's country ground. if you oh yeah definitely flat but it's kansas that's gonna be my next road trip <laughs> don't <laughs> fly. fly fly there yeah, fly over kansas. um okay well, well well let's maybe move off of the the the, the sheer disappointment you had and <laughs> perhaps delve into any positives from the trip besides of course actually getting to I engage in paul and myself oh paul go on i have a question how did you become a Suns fan all the way out from Australia? That's a great question, Paul. Um, Thank you. I was expecting the question to be kind of useless, but that was a good question. Go on. <laughs> it's um, it's not really that interesting of a story, so that's why it's going to be perfect for a podcast. Um, <laughs> Especially ours. Touche. <Yeah. laughs> um, so uh, I was probably back in high school. I, I, think, I think it was the 23. 20- Ooh, 2003-04 season, LeBron's first year. I always remember it's that. That's when I first started filming the NBA, and I didn't really have a team. I was uh, could watch as like as we didn't have access. I didn't have league pass. I only had access like one or two ESPN games a week at that point, so um, it was limited in what I could see. And I st- I got started get interested in the league, and um, but I, but I decided at the end of that season that I wanted a team to follow because I figured that would be the best way for me to um actually like get to know the league more and get more involved and, and actually feel some passion for it. So sure. um, 
Um, it was actually the next year I ended up getting um, the NBA Live video game. Mm-hmm. And um, I sat down when I first got it, popped it in there, sat down and um, went through every roster and had a look at all the players and came across the Phoenix Suns. And you got to remember, this is like, I was probably like, I want to say probably at that time, 14, maybe 15, something like that. In high school, I had no idea about the differences between Phoenix or Boston or San Antonio or any of these places. They were just names with players attached Mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So um, I decided, I went through everyone and I thought, you know what, Steve Nash, Amara Stoudemire, Sean Marion, that's, that's the team for me. And then I... Then I started seeing some of their some of them play some of the games and start and on TV. Um, luckily enough, they were popular enough then when they started getting started playing really well that they were on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that season they played. I can't remember there was a this this you have to fact check this afterwards, but uh, I think there was. Don't worry, we, we, we won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's right. We'll just, we'll just um, assume it's true. I think from memory there was a. a well, they made the playoffs that season. Mm-hmm. So they went to the Western Conference Finals, but <laughs> I think their first round matchup was against the Grizzlies. Um, and that was the team that had like Pau Gasol and Stro Swift and, mm-hmm. and Hubie Brown coaching. Stro Miles Swift. Um, but I remember watching that. I remember watching like game one or two or something on TV. That and and that was pretty. That was pretty special. Like that they were on. Like I got to see them on TV. So anyway, that's how my fandom grew, and that's probably been for the last. 12, 13, yeah. 14 years or something like that. Well, I, I remember that season very well because, I mean, that when they brought Nash back, I'm assuming that, right? The time frame was before Nash, or it was after Nash left to go to Dallas, they brought him back. Is that the year you're talking about? So that would have been like yeah. 04, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when he came back. That, yeah. that was a, well, I guess it's probably fair to say surprising season because the Suns. Hadn't been doing a whole lot, um, and they brought Nash back. That was, in fact, as perhaps I've pointed out on this podcast before, uh, the first year of the Sarver regime. Because Sarver, perhaps people forget, was responsible, at least in part, and as the owner in large part, for bringing back Steve Nash to the Phoenix Suns. Um, And I remember that year, they came out of the gates on fire. Uh, I was down in school, I was down in law school in Tucson, and I listened to a bunch of the games down there, watched the games when I could. Um, but they came out in the first 30 games of the year or so, having only lost, I want to say, a handful of games, maybe four or five games. They came out like gangbusters. I don't even know if it was that many. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I said maybe. So, um, But, yeah, that was that was really like the year when the Valley, the Valley of the Sun, if you will, Raph, you know, in case you haven't heard it being called the Valley of the Sun yet. <laughs> I'll write that one down. Was, there you go. Was, was when the Phoenix Suns really became again, you know, the city's team. Um, because, you know, back in the late 80s into the early 90s through the KJ Chambers, Marley, and then Barkley years, this, this city was just absolutely on fire when it came to the Suns. And then, you know, they remained successful, but it started tailing off after that 92-93 season and bringing Nash back and really re-injected the love that this city has for them. So that's a it's really a good time, frankly, for a fan like yourself to get engaged with the Suns because, well, you came in really kind of at the at the beginning of what ultimately became probably the peak of the franchise and then you've you know had the opportunity to then live <laughs> with the, live with the past yeah, six years the- we've been dealing with so yeah. which is arguably the deepest valley it, yes it, the deepest valley for the valley of the sun mm-hmm. i like how you did that paul well done 
Well You're done. welcome. Well done. Um, okay, so before we, you know, we've we, since we haven't recorded in two and a half weeks or so, uh, and we're coming at you midweek, which was which is unusual. Well, early weekday, beginning of the week. Um, thanks. By to the our, time you get up, it'll be midweek. Thanks to our thanks to yeah. By the time yeah, I, I got stuff going on, man. Uh, thanks to our our, our guest here. Um, you know, some things have been happening. Uh, you know, Paul and I have been going back and forth talking about David Fisdale being fired up in Memphis and how he could be a great fit for the Suns. Paul and I also might have uh, a bit of a vested interest, uh, both of us having gone to the university where Mr. Fisdale got his start, both as a player and as a coach. Uh, and then we have the Devin Booker injury uh, as well. Both things have obviously been covered by other podcasts on the site. We'll probably give our two cents as well. Um, but uh, before we delve into that, Raf, since you know this is your podcast as far as I'm concerned, uh, any any other interesting things that you've seen with the Suns? I mean, you went to a couple of games. Uh, unfortunately, I'm assuming Booker was out for both of those games. I lose I lose my time frame here, so it's no big deal. You just traveled halfway across the world and you get to see Devin Booker play. Um, but yeah, I know. I mean, come on, he just fell down on the job. Not not only. Not... Jeez, Paul, <laughs> a little harsh, but it's an abductor muscle, bro. I know it sounds really painful. It does. It sounds horrible, and and, and I. Seeing the injury, I was mortified, frankly, because I've never seen somebody actually get injured but still, like, stand up and not move in a standing position for, like, five minutes mm-hmm. like he did. But we'll delve into that. Tap your brakes. Any other insights, observations you've had of the Suns in the games that you did see, notwithstanding the fact that Devin Booker was not playing? So, um, I'm going to be... Perfectly honest. When I'm at home, I get to watch the games on League Pass. I can sort of like get an overall view. I went pure fanboy those two games. I, I had, I had, all, all the all the things of me trying to watch the game, and I was so engrossed in watching. Um, uh, so so I went to the two games. I went to go see were um, against the the Wizards and the Spurs, and um, so uh, a, a bit of uh, it's not, I, I don't know. You tell me if it's a funny story or not. Um, so I decided I'm flying all the way out here. I'm going to get myself the best tickets I can get. Sure. And it worked out that the best tickets I could get were behind the visitor's bench. Oh. So, um, not, not bad. So the two games, I got to sit behind Scott Brooks and um, Greg Popovich and eye level of the players, mm-hmm. which was incredible because like uh, watching Josh Jackson defend Brad Beal the entire game, mm-hmm. the two of them just going backwards and forwards and watching his concentration and how much effort he was putting into that. Like, you know, I, I don't know how well he was doing down the other end. It's a bit hard. I've I, I realized now it's harder to see <laughs> down the other end of the court when you're sitting that low. But um, just seeing that, watching one of, the, one of the really cool things was in the Spurs game, I think it was, watching Dar- Jared Dudley call out defensive assignments from, okay. the, from the back of the key which was really awesome because he was it was even one side not even defensive it was offensive he was um, he pushed like Troy Daniels out so he could get a three and it worked like the ball came into him in a post up and he kicked it back out it was brilliant just those little things like I everything else that I watched the Suns about and complain about and all the things I don't like like Mike James dribbling the ball and taking every shot that you can get <laughs> All of that went out the window because I was just in this halo effect of the Suns, and I'm 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 there watching them. So, my my take on the Suns I saw was probably as much as much as I just said then, um, and. 
because I've been traveling for the past two and a half weeks, it's been tough for me. I realize how tough it is if you're out of town to try and keep up with the team. If right. You if you don't have a have a lead pass, and unfortunately, my lead pass doesn't work here. So, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> add that onto it. It was just it was a bit. So I was going off Twitter and everything. But um, so so going back to this, so I was sitting behind the bench for the two games, and um, and I told my friend back home who was who was like, all right, so. Um, where I was sitting, you can actually see me on TV. Um, so I'm guessing on the Fox Sports Arizona feeds, you'll you'll see me. And I was had the unfortunate pleasure of at the Wizards game. The Wizards had like a 10-0 run at the end of the game to win it. My friend told me he could see me every basket the Wizards were making and the Suns were missing. He just saw my face, just like, just like every. They, you could see me like the, the anguish in my face because I'm like, I'm like, here we are, we're tied up. I might actually get to see the Suns win a game right. in person. It's like awesome. But the worst part was against the Spurs. Um, I think it was Bryn Forbes hit a three to go up three. Is that right to go up three? But anyway, it was right at the end of the game and. Everyone, so um, there was a couple of people in front of me, so I wasn't right next to it. There was right. a couple of people in front of me. They were standing, so um, we couldn't sit down the other end of the court, so everyone was standing in the section. And then the Spurs were down that end. They were, they were um, uh, shooting at their, at their bench in the second half. And we were all standing watching. I saw the ball swing across the top of the key. I saw Bryn Forbes open. He caught in the shooting position. He jumped up. And in the back of my mind, I thought, that's going in, isn't mm-hmm. it? That's, it it's, it's too perfect. The Suns might have a chance to beat the Spurs, who, who uh, another thing, had no players. You know, right. like, they love half their team in San Antonio. Yeah, exactly. Bryn so, Forbes is playing. So I, I did get to see a G League game because half the Spurs were the, 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 um, the G League Spurs. But um, but anyway, as the ball, as he jumped up and he he drained that shot, apparently, my, again, my friend told me he's like, I, I could see your face as that three was going in, and just and could tell how upset you were about that. So to me, that is the greatest thing that I ha- I am on TV looking upset with the Spurs hitting a three to beat the Suns. You're, you're on TV likely looking on your face how, you know, Suns fans have felt for the past six years just in general. Um, well, that's all. That's awesome. That's And that's great that you got the opportunity to watch the game not only in person but from the from the perspective that you got to see. Uh, and, 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 you know, what I, what I kind of gathered from uh, a lot of what you just said is, A, Jared Dudley will, in fact, be a fantastic coach in the NBA someday. B, Josh Jackson is a beast defender. And you didn't necessarily say that, but I have a bit of a man crush on Josh Jackson, so I'm just going to go ahead and infer that from your comments. And uh, C, you okay, Paul? Yeah. I think I'm putting okay. him to sleep. Yeah, jeez. It's rude. Um, I'm on the East Coast. And C, and C, and C, um, now I lost my train of thought. Uh and so, and see the 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 maddening thought process that all Suns fans go through when they see Mike James is dribble and dribble and dribble and shoot extends outside of the American border. That's what I take. So, that is a very concise um, recap there, Justin. Thank you, Paul. I thought you were going to add more right there. I thought I kind of queued you up, but no, that's fine. Um, East Coast, I'm tired. Um, <laughs> did, no. you just, did you just go there today? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. did. I just, yeah. Oh, I'm so, I'm so jet-lagged from my trip today, <laughs> and it's it's an hour later, dude, or two hours later. It's, two not, hours. Like, it's not like we're recording, and it's like 4 a.m. your time. Um, and I have to give you kudos, too, Raf, in that 
You talk about how you know you watch the games on League Pass back in Australia, dude. When the Suns are on the East Coast and they like tip off at like 4 p.m., I'm like, oh, how am I supposed to watch that game? 4 p.m. and here you are. I have no idea what the time difference is. Probably like 12 hours. Uh, it's, it's more. But what I'm time not do they live? I'm, I got the replay. But still, but yeah. still, you you endeavor to actually watch. So that's that's impressive and kudos to you. Uh, and, you know, frankly, if the Suns had more fans like you in Phoenix, it would probably be a better basketball town. No offense, Phoenix. Born and raised here, but uh, we are a transient city. We're a city. city. We're a transient city, I like to say, because we have a lot of transplants, but fair weather, I guess, probably works as well. Also, you mentioned, where was the place you said you found yourself in? Uh, uh, Pe- People's Valley, yeah, I think? Yeah, I've lived here my whole life. I've never heard of Never that. heard of it. <laughs> Like, no offense to anybody who might listen to this who's from People's Valley, but goodness gracious, no. I've been many places in this state, and I have no idea what that is. I'm sure it's lovely. Don't get me wrong. It has a population of 374 people at the 2000 consensus. (laughs) Census, not consensus. (laughs) I I feel like the consensus, though, is that like that name is a misnomer. Then there's it should be like only a few people valley. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Paul. (laughs) Person valley. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> few hundred people, <laughs> few hundred person valley. Um, okay, so uh, getting on, I, you know, Paul, you've you've sat and mostly just listened because, well, that's kind of how it goes sometimes anyway. Because I tend to talk a lot. I apologize for that. Um, but let's touch, right. let's 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 touch on fizz just for a moment, uh, because I love David Fizdale. I I mean, we knew guys that played at the University of San Diego when he was a coach there, and he they loved him back in two thousand and two. Um, yeah, he's obviously come a long way uh, since p- coaching at the university where we can't play but we can coach. Um, yes, <laughs> and and you know there have been some rumblings about maybe bringing him in here to Phoenix. What do you think, man? Would you be down for I, that? I mean, I feel like you're going to say yes, but so if you say yes and expand, why would you be down for that? No, I think you'd be a horrible coach for the Suns. Whoa! <laughs> Curveball thrown by Paul. I did not see I, that honestly, one coming. I, I, can't, I can't even back up that. <laughs> I, yeah, I think he'd be a great coach for the Suns, oh, really. Okay. I think he's uh, he's got the right Double kind of attitude. Um, honestly, he, I, think, I feel like he has an attitude similar to a Dudley. In mm-hmm. just that he's um, he knows his stuff and he knows how to get guys in the right places, but he also has an energy about him that he keeps guys engaged. Right. So, and I think that would work really well with a young team like the Suns. I mean, and maybe maybe that's part of the problem that he had in Memphis is like his style didn't really, I guess, jive with Gasol. Yeah. Because it seems like pretty much that was the issue. Because. Otherwise, I don't really know really what else he did wrong because, I mean, yeah, they had, went on a, on a losing streak. But, I mean, you can chalk that up to so many other reasons like with Conley being yeah, out. Conley's having out, a, yeah. I mean, between him being out and they, I think they had a bunch of other injuries as well. So um, I think he would be a really good fit. Um, from what I've read, it sounds like Triano doesn't really want to be a head coach full-time. So – I mean, that's what he said. God knows if he's going to change his mind did on that. Did he say but that? I feel like that I think would be he kind of did. That would be kind of like a weird thing for a head coach to say. I think I heard something. I'm not going to say yes, but I think I heard something similar to that effect that he was okay being an interim assistant coach. Hmm. But um, that's a fact check point too. Right. 
Yeah. I'm just so, going to, I'm going to, Paul, you're lucky. You're lucky Raph's here because I'm going to just assume what you're saying is accurate then. Bro, because uh, Australians are excellent fact checkers. Well, I'm just mostly just sheer sheer shout, numbers here. Shout, shout out to Leo. You, you, you have you have somebody who's <laughs> Very true. Kind, kind of agreeing with you. So, <laughs> but yeah, so um, I think he would be a good coach. I mean, the fact that he's a he's a fellow Torero doesn't hurt on my end because you know I'll always cape for those guys. I mean, I have trouble with caping for uh, Mike Brown, but um, the other guys are all like him, uh, Borrega. All those guys, uh, I want to see them get their chance in the league to coach and show what they can do and help build uh, build up the rep of USD as a school that can that puts out like really good NBA coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And who might actually be able to, be able to play a little ball this year too? The seven yeah. and two Toreros right now. Look at that on top of the West Coast Conference, ahead of Gonzaga. No big deal. Whatever. Um, but no, I agree with you. I, I, I would love to see Fizz here. Uh, outside of the fact that he sounds like Tone Loke, which would just make <laughs> it for... It kind of looks like Tone Loke. It kind of looks like Tone Loke, too, which would just make His for great really sound hot. bites. His wife's on. Okay, thank you, Paul. <laughs> Jeez. It seems, it seems kind of disrespectful towards women, Paul, but... Um, kidding you're fine uh but no i mean i i think i think you're right in terms of him being the right personality for a young team like this because you've got i mean we saw we saw earl watson at least be able to galvanize those guys for a while but obviously his rah rah siskumba approach only took them so far and he quickly lost that locker room it seems like fizz because well, he couldn't back it up with like actual right. coaching skills exactly yes and it seems like fizz would have a good mix of both the ability to coach and the ability to engage with and connect with his players. He's like maybe like right in the middle, and and I'm going to use this guy as an example, although he's doing pretty well right now with a young team, but perhaps he's a good mix of a Earl Watson and a Tom Thibodeau. Um, uh, And and I think, again, that's exactly what the Suns need. He's a young coach. He's an up-and-coming coach, which kind of plays right into the, oh, I'm going to use it, timeline. Uh, effect that we have with young and upcoming players, and I would absolutely love to see him get that opportunity. I think he would be a great fit. Um, go on. He's. I think a lot of the league sees that though, so it's going to be competitive to get him because I think a lot of the league, and there's going to be a handful of openings. I mean, there's are just as the season goes and the off season comes about that. The Suns may be competing against some other teams that may be may have better situations. So it's it'll be interesting to see if um, the team actually steps up and will maybe have to like put the money on the line of being like, hey, we're gonna invest in this guy because we think he's worth it. Yeah, this is definitely a situation that it's not going to be a we're going to hire a coach and pay him you know, lower third salary for head coaches in the league. He's gonna, right. he's going to get paid, and if the Suns want to bring him in, they're going to have to open up that checkbook. But, you know, if if there's ever a time for the Suns to make that commitment, it's, it's with a guy like this. I mean, the last guy that would come to mind that fits the same type of, you know, up-and-coming, can connect with players, knows X's and O, comes from a good pedigree, uh, was Luke Walton, and Luke Walton wasn't even as established as as Fizz is, Fizz is, 
And um, obviously the other detriment there was Luke Walton. And I don't think there's ever any doubt that he was just going to go to the Lakers. Um, but, you know, that being said, again, if there's ever a time when it makes sense for the Suns to really open up a checkbook and pay for a head coach, uh, Fizz is the guy. This is why we hired James Jones. Right. You know, they got that Miami connection. Exactly. exactly. You know, and hey, we can bring in Borrega as an assistant, too. Right. We, I, I, I say... <laughs> I, all of you, Steve. Uh, dude, yeah, I was going to say. You, well, you know, you know that, um, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin Hansen is a coach in the NBA right now, too. I think he was... Last I saw, he was the development guy with, uh, uh, I want to say, New Orleans. Um, and uh, I believe Corey Belzer was last in the San Antonio organization. So we've, hey, there's some USD coaches out there that perhaps are getting a little less pub than uh, the guys like Fizz, the guys like Mike Brown, the guys like Borrego, who, you know, held the, I think it was an interim for Orlando. Orlando? Yeah. Well, yeah I know. Are, is he still there? Why don't you call him up right no. now, bro? <laughs> pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's with the Spurs right now. Well, that makes sense. He's probably over there with, like, all those other guys. So we just got to pry them away from uh, Pop and, uh, you know, see what we can do then. Um, anything else, Paul, you want to chat about or Raph? Anything, guys? I mean, we could go into Booker, but, I mean, that's, that is kind of is what it is at this point. He's out two to three weeks. He stood there on the floor for five minutes without moving, which was mortifying. Then he got carried off the court, which was mortifying. And then TMZ posted a video of him being wheelchaired through an airport, which was mortifying. But in the end, three <laughs> weeks. Okay, thank God. That's fine. And you know what? I say keep him out five weeks just to be safe. I'm also okay with that. Um, hey, if it, if it means – honestly, I, I think it could be good for the Suns long term to have him out because I think the – the, a lot of the rest of the team might have been starting to treat Booker as a crutch, mm-hmm. and it it's, it'll force some other guys to maybe expand their games. So when Booker comes back, you know he has more weapons around him, and the defenses can't just key in on him as much. But on the other side, if they still if they lose a bunch, we have about even more of a shot at getting like a Luka Doncic or like another one of those top five picks. To or both of those things run. happen. And they yes, get the chance to develop, and they lose still. It's a really, it's a really. You bring up an interesting point, Paul. It's a bit hard for the team to uh, like develop with Booker out when you're trying to make Booker an integral part of the team moving forward. Because saw the other night against the Wizards um, with Booker out, TJ Warren's going to be like the main go-to sure. scorer, and they brought Josh Jackson into the starting lineup. But he had the, he spent the whole time, the whole game defending Brad Beal, and I don't think he did very well offensively. He's a rookie and he's going to struggle. But I mean, outside of him, Dragon Bender's on on and off. Chris fouls a heap and get, goes and sits on the bench. And then then we're left with like playing Monroe. When who knows if he's going to how long he's going to be on the roster? He's going right. to be for the rest of the season or not. So um, while it is good to see what we have in the on the roster while Booker's out, I, I think it's going to be better to have Booker back in there. And you can. Look, it's gonna be tough with Jay Triano as the interim, but you can run plays, you can you can set up an offense and even a defense where Booker is an integral part and the other players are feeding off of him. Right. Yeah. I mean, you get you get more of what you're expecting to see for the next however many years out of the Suns when you have Booker in there. Exactly. Um, and I look at it too as I mean, Booker when he kind of started breaking out his his freshman year, his rookie year. <laughs> Uh, that was, you know, due in part, due in part to, to, to injuries happening. He got more opportunity because of injuries. Um, and 
obviously since then he's just continued to progress. Uh, so while you know it might not be what we want to see ideally for the team developing as a whole, those individual pieces getting a little bit of a jump start, uh, like Josh Jackson getting some minutes as a starter, um, getting more exposure to guys on 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 uh, the, the the starting in the starting lineups of opposing teams, having to guard a guy like Bradley Beal, um, things that we're expecting him to do in the future, things that he was brought in to do, getting that early exposure, and 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 getting the opportunity to see exactly what the speed of that is, how he's going to have to adjust, what he needs to improve on certain aspects. Uh, individually would be great, I think, for him. Uh, and hopefully, you know, once Booker gets back, those individual pieces use whatever growth they get a chance to uh, um, uh, have while he's out and apply that to the regular lineup, the regular rotations that we're expecting to see over the next, you know, 3, 5, 10, 20 years. 20, okay. 20 is <laughs> an exaggeration, but years. you know what I'm saying. You know, hey, it may, maybe Booker will be the Tom Brady of the NBA. Play forever. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he will, Paul. Maybe he will. So on on that note, uh, Raph, any final thoughts, comments? Thank you again for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. It's great. Great heading out on, uh, was it Friday night to the, the solar panel meetup? That yes, was fun. At, at, um, at the Deuce. Yeah. And I apologize, guys, for forgetting the name of that podcast. You, you know, but we were discussing this before we started recording. If I don't write stuff down, it's just gone. So, uh, you know. <laughs> no, well, yeah, thanks for inviting me on. This was fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for those of you who were able to make it out to the Deuce on Friday, thank you for coming. That was a blast. Um, it was it was an interesting crowd, but we, we, we had fun <laughs> nonetheless. And when I say that, I mean, like, in general, not just the folks that join for solar panels uh, get together there. Yep. But it was a great, great idea. There were some by, great people watching. Yeah, there was great people watching. It was a great idea by uh, uh, Espo and Tim and Dave, make sure this time, uh, to, to put that together. And, you know, and I know Tim was, Tim was kind of saying how, of course, he comes out to Arizona. He goes to the same two games that Raf did. And, you know, none of the star, you know, Wall wasn't playing. None of the star players are playing well. At least Tim didn't travel across the world to do it and, and, and you know, have to, have, to, have to go through that as well. So he's got that going for him. But, Paul, any last thoughts, comments, ideas, insights into life, financial investment opportunities? No, you gave me all those on uh, Friday night. I know, I was on fire about cryptocurrency Friday, man. I'm telling you. I've been doing this for a while and it's just working out. So that's a different podcast though. Yeah, other than that, no, I'm just I'm looking forward to just getting back in town because I've been out of town for almost like a month and I haven't been able to really keep up as much as I would like with the games just because of my uh, schedule and whatnot. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I guess on that note, we will wrap up this week's edition of Bryce of the Suns for the fans by the fans podcast. We'll wish our friend Raf here pleasant travels back to Australia, Brisbane, not Brisbane, Brisbane. Exactly. exactly. Uh, and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, have him on again sometime. You know, we'll, we'll have to do that while he's there. So he has to like do this at like 2 a.m. It's going to be great. Um, and uh, I guess until the next time we join you all, thank you for listening. As always, you can catch me on Twitter at so says Jay and Paul. 
at Dervish of Whirl. And Raph? Uh, I think mine is underscore Raphael Rosa. That sounds right to me. Um, we'll, we'll just post it because I know it's spelled kind of weird too. It'll be in the notes of the yeah, we'll have to, there you go. We'll have to and and again, he contributes from time to time on Benchmob uh, NBA podcast. So perhaps you can catch him on there. The soothing sounds and Australian accents never a bad thing. And again, until next time, we join you all. Thank you for listening. And have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. How rude! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.